Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your humble, happy hosts, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. So, Julie, we had a lot of really interesting emails after yesterday's show, um, mm-hmm. and it really actually, I think, was illuminating for me to know what resonated with all of our listeners, and I was pleasantly surprised to know that what resonated with them was what you and I have the most passion for sharing with these guys. And um, you guys, the vast majority of the emails we got yesterday were all telling us that you guys wanted us to dig really deeper into sort of the cultural myths that we have in this country about rich people and about maybe some of the things that have been holding you back from actually wealth accumulation. So that's what we're going to be doing um, in future radio shows. But we are going to be talking, and Julie does have a lot of fantastic notes, so I'm going to let Julie get to it right away because some of her next notes are really, really, really good. So the point is, is I really appreciate uh, and feel you guys, and I and I like the fact that that we're, that we're all on the same page with regards to wanting to move beyond some of the mooring lines that have been holding so many of you back from actually living your fullest version and the best version of yourself. Um, and I know that some of the reasons that you've been um, sort of living below your potential is for the same reasons that you know. Julie and I were for years as well, and a lot of them have to do with basically the sort of software that was loaded into all of our collective brains when we were little kids. And, um, you know, some of these things are very controversial to talk about, you know, religion, right? And that's something that we touched on yesterday and made some people mad, and I got the emails, and I respect what you guys had to say. And I had a lot of people telling me basically their version of what we were talking about yesterday in in terms of the the scripture uh, piece that I touched on. Um, You know, this is a business show. This show is about uh, putting you guys in a position to build very profitable real estate practices, you know, help people and, you know, really maximize your time on this earth. It's not about Christianity. It's not about religion. But sometimes those things cross each other because of the fact that those are the very thoughts that are maybe preventing you from really accomplishing your goals. So in future radio shows, we're going to really deep dive into some of these things. And (laughs) being 100% honest with you guys, I've been apprehensive about talking about some of the things that um, maybe I would talk with you about on a, if we were on a one-on-one call or if we were sitting around, you know, having coffee someplace, the things that I would talk about with you there wouldn't necessarily be the same things I'd talk with everyone on the radio show about because there's over 100,000 of you that listen on a regular basis. And, you know, we have to sort of, in some ways, we have to sort of neuter a little bit of what we want to talk about. But based on the feedback after yesterday, you guys want us to talk with all of you as if we were sitting around having a cup of coffee collectively together. So I am, and Julie and I have discussed this, and I actually talked with all of our coaches about it prior to the radio show today. We are going to start becoming possibly more controversial, talking about things that maybe other people would never uh, want to talk about. And hopefully we're going to do it with the idea that, you know, maybe some of the thoughts that we've helped other people work through um, and have ultimately led to more success for themselves Maybe those same lessons that we've learned and the same coaching we provide will help you guys as well. So look forward to that on future radio shows. And also, um, 
you guys have been, and I want, I got a few emails saying I went overboard yesterday talking about our coaching program, and I know I did. I was just excited about it, and I'm not going to do it today. Well, I'll try not to do it today. Um, but for those of you guys who are interested in that new coaching program that I've been talking about for the past few days, it's finally live, finally ready to go, finally ready for you guys to look into. Um, again, I'm not going to talk about it too much, but go to agentmillions.com, agentmillions.com. Very simple. Um, sign up for the event. And then I suspect that literally every single one of you listening right now are going to want to be part of that coaching program if you're already not. If you're an existing real estate coaching uh, essential student, as many of you are, and you wanted to be in that new program, you, which is basically real estate, what you have now, but it's um, set up so that like most of you guys are paying $297 a month right now, well, the new real estate coaching essentials program, uh, if you choose to finance it, um, is only ninety nine dollars. The whole price, the whole product, the whole class. If you wanted to pay for it all at once, is two thousand dollars, and it's a six month program. But I'm sure most of you will want to finance it, and, and uh, you know the financing. You're 100 percent approved. Julie and I are underwriting the program, so literally every single one of you will be approved regardless of your credit. So if you want to be in that new real estate coaching essentials program, which does have a real life coaching you know element to it, you will have weekly calls with semi private calls with Julie. Yes, this is Julie on this call, my wife. Mm-hmm. And you also have a real live one-on-one coaching call every single month with one of our, you know, nearly 20 great coaches. So uh, go to agentmillions.com. So, Julie, the topic of today's radio show and something that I'm really glad you and I had the courage to talk about because it's striking a nerve with so many people is why mm-hmm. aren't you rich? So let's just jump right into right. your next point. Sure, you got it. In the interest of added controversy and <laughs> honesty with them and what you were talking about. Let's just jump right into this one. So why aren't you rich? Well, we did a couple of points yesterday, so if you missed yesterday's podcast, you know how to get caught up. Um, so point number three, you're not rich yet because it's still a dream and not a goal. And we did a couple, I think it was a two or three part series of podcasts about the difference between dreams and goals and how you turn your goals into reality. So, you know, here's an example. Typically, agents will say to us, I want to be rich, or more commonly, I want to earn more money, or I need to save, I need to pay off debt. Well, that's a dream when you put it that way. Many people will say that. Very common, typical New Year's resolution, quarterly goal setting, yearly goal setting. I want to make more money, save more money, pay off debt. I want to be rich. Okay, well, still a dream. What's the difference? A goal is measurable, specific, time-dependent, written down, and posted. What is rich to you? Well, what the definition of rich is when your money works for you and you're no longer working for your money. So for some of you, in order to get closer to that, you've got to pay off your debt and get to zero before you can start investing. Some of you still have trailing recession issues, which we understand. Some of you lost all of your rental properties during the recession. There's different variations of this. But you're probably not rich yet because you're still dreaming about it and not turning it into a specific time-dependent written down goal. So that's a major step in accountability because you have to put some numbers on that. Anything you'd like to add to that, Tim? I mean, this is something we go back to, dream versus goal, but with regards to being rich. You know, here's the thing. You and I run into people all the time, and goals are almost a topic that's almost nauseating to talk about because everybody talks about it. 
But the fact mm-hmm. is, is that it's fun to write down goals that you have, and then people make these complicated five-year plans and all the rest of it. None of it ever happens, or at least doesn't happen at the same level. And we've talked on past radio shows. You guys can listen to past radio shows. All of them, at least I think for two years, they're all syndicated on Inman. And guys, we do the show every single day, so we're talking about a huge amount of content for you to listen to. So it's on Inman, or they're also on um, realestatecoachingradio.com. So why is it that so many people set goals and they don't accomplish them? And I, it's my belief and Julie's belief that most people are not willing to set a deadline. Remember what Julie just said? You have to have a specific time-dependent um, date in mind when the goal will be accomplished by. Because when you set a date in mind and when you have a date in the future where you're going to have this specific goal accomplished, then all of a sudden you're accountable to accomplishing that goal. So what a lot of us are missing is that element of accountability, of saying this is when it's actually going to be completed by. Uh, so – uh, by the way, I know a lot of you guys have gotten this, and we have great praise on this on Amazon and you know other places where the book is sold. When you guys do register for AgentMillions.com, we do give you copies of our two books, uh, two most recent books, Real Estate Treasure Map being the one that's relevant to this topic, because essentially Real Estate Treasure Map is a fill-in-the-blank business plan, and it actually walks you through setting goals, making action plans for goals, setting dates when the goals will be accomplished by. You know, these are the these are the ways. And this system is what you can follow for every kind of goal, not just business goals, but also personal goals, family goals, spiritual goals, financial goals, educational goals. Again, the bottom line is without a date, without a specific action plan, how you're going to accomplish it, it won't happen. It's just a dream. Dreams are fun, you know. But if you always wanted to go to Tahiti, let's say a date when you're going to go by, okay? Let's decide, let's figure out where you're going to be staying. Let's book the reservation at the hotel. Let's figure out how much all it's going to cost all in with the airfare. Throwing about 20% extra for, you know, <laughs> spending, right, extra stuff. There, now you have a specific goal in mind, going to Tahiti, a date when you're going to go, a cost of which it's going to cost. Now let's create an action plan and earn the money, you know. So you're going to save X amount of dollars for the next X number of transactions. That's going to go to your Tahiti fund, and, you know, that's how you go about doing it. And if you're not going to break it down to that level, you're probably never going to accomplish it. And if you haven't accomplished the goals you've set out for yourself in the past, it's because you haven't broken it down. Julie? That's exactly right. So tedious, mundane, perhaps, but guess what? It works, which is less tedious and mundane than just sitting around dreaming about it all the time. So point number four, you're not rich because you are counting on others to manage your money for you. Be the best at what you do. Find your own opportunities to invest. Don't wait for your accountant or your spouse or your you know, various managers, team leaders, what have you, to tell you, hey, now's the time to do this, now's the time to do that. You are allegedly a real estate professional. What does that mean? It means you've got to be the best at what you do. Don't wait for everyone else to bring you opportunities. Yes, you've got to create your own. That might mean exposing yourself to things like probate that maybe wasn't the top of your mind. How are you going to see where those leads are before they actually hit the MLS. There's so much real estate that happens off the MLS, and that's where a lot of the best opportunities are, just for example, if you're looking at flips and investing and uh, rentals and that sort of thing. So don't wait around for somebody else to tell you. It's probably not going to happen, and if it does, it may or may not be valid information. Be your own best expert. So point number five, Tim, this is huge. This is something that comes up on virtually every coaching call. Uh, at some level. Point number five, pay yourself first. That's a minimum of 10% off the top of every net commission check. No matter what, 
in a savings account. It's a savings account, not a spendings account. That means you don't have a checkbook with it. You don't have a debit card against it. It's your honest-to-God savings. So pay yourself first. If you can't yet swing 10% off the top of every net commission check because you're using every last dollar to get caught up to pay things off, etc., start with 5%. Start with something. Start with 250 bucks. You've got to pay yourself first or you absolutely will never accumulate wealth. And Tim, I remember when you and I figured this out, and, and it was really the first time we ever saved real money, is when we just started being disciplined about every single commission check. I'm sure you remember well, that. Well, Julie, too. walk. Yeah, well, it's yeah. when we were in our early 20s. And basically our first year in the business, we sold, you know, out of college, we sold over 100 homes. And we didn't have any real savings. And we were going, WTF, how can that be possible? <laughs> and then the second, what happened? The, the, the second year, we earned uh, 50% more money. And it was like, okay, we have a little bit of savings, but WTF, we still don't have, you know. And then we started. Because of point number dogs. six. <laughs> well, well so hold on, Julie. Yeah. I want you to talk them through the actual rudimentary system that you and I devised when we still follow a version of this to this day on how you can actually save. Because you, it's easy to say 10% off the top. It's easy to say that. Uh, but the fact mm-hmm. is is that it's, there, there's actually some a nice little trick to actually doing it. Uh, so talk to them about the commission check and writing two checks and all that just so they can kind of you know visualize themselves doing it. Well, yeah, and I think that there's an element to physically writing yourself that check. Like, I mean, you are paying yourself. You are funding your own savings account, right? So first of all is when you get your commission check from your broker, you should not be going through the drive-thru of the bank. This is just a little sideline prospecting thing. Go into the bank. Get out of your car. Look nice. Maybe even wear your name tag. Go into the bank. You're going to establish some relationships so that you know your banker's names, you know the teller's names, you know who the bank manager is. You know, by the way, there might be some opportunity there if they're doing mortgages, etc. You can see where I'm leading with this. Okay, so you go in there. Then when you're depositing your check, which you normally would just put into one account, you're going to put that into that account, but you're going to write a check to your savings account. Okay, physically doing it actually does make a big difference. It ties you to know what you're doing, right? So you're going to fund that account. And then the next point, number six, is related to that. Pay your taxes on time. You're also going to have a dedicated tax account when you do this. Go ahead. Julie, break it. Just seriously, go back to point number five and let's break it down because they're not. You didn't break it down. So you get the commission check at the closing. You take the closing. You take the commission check to the bank. Okay, you're going to ha- fill out. Then you're going to write a 10% of whatever. Say it's a $10,000 mm-hmm. uh, commission check. You're going to write from. You're going to write literally from the the main check is going to your business account. So you're filling out a deposit ticket for your business account for $10,000. You know, going into that's where the commission check's going. And then you're literally writing a check against your business account for $1,000, and then you're depositing that check with another deposit, uh, you know, deposit into ticket, your savings. and that yep. goes in, into your savings account. So that's how Julie, that's what she's talking about. So physically do that with every commission check, and the important thing is, is that the savings account you're putting the money in, remember guys, we like to make this practical so you can actually do it, the account that you're putting the savings in, don't make it something you can sweep into or out of. In other words, don't make it so it's something you can go online nothing and pull money out of. Right. right. It had, what Julie and I, the way we originally did it, because we didn't even trust ourselves, is that we set it up so that basically it was a passbook savings account. So you could, you'd literally have to have the silly little passbook in order to get money out of the account. And so that money just stayed there and just accumulated. And that's, guys, straight up, that's how we accumulated our first million dollars. I mean, that's how we did it. Sure. We just forced ourselves to do it. 
We just forced our in every every single and then as you Dave Ramsey guys, hopefully you guys have all tuned yourselves into Dave Ramsey's uh, financial uh, advice books. Definitely read those. You know, and there's a certain order in which you should, you know, pay things off and do things of that nature. Follow that overall system. Julie and I figured it out before Dave started writing his books. But our philosophies on wealth accumulation, especially at the early stages, is perfectly in alignment with what he says. So definitely emulate what he's saying and what we did because it works and it's a system. And, it, and it, yeah, it's slow. It's boring. It's kind of monotonous. But guess what? Long-term, ever-increasing success comes from what am I about to say, listeners? I know all of you guys know this by now doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And that includes, what you know, point number five, which is basically being a disciplined saver. So, Julie, now we can get to point number six, which is not a fun topic, taxes. Yes, that's right. So another black hole of real estate professional money. Don't get behind on your taxes. If you're already behind, you've got to have a strategy. But moving forward, point number six is talking about that. Similar to the last point, when you're depositing that commission check, save at least 20% off the top of every net commission check to a dedicated tax savings account no matter what. And I always tell coaching clients, remember, that's not actually your money. That's the whole problem, right? So typically agents will kind of get off on their financial planning. Maybe they're living month to month, or maybe they just have a really bad dry month. Things didn't close. They got delayed. Whatever the reason is. Incidentally, in our Coaching Essentials class, we have something that takes care of that called the Real Estate Survival Plan, but that's a separate issue. So getting back to keeping it honest, keeping it on time, the only way you're going to stay current is to save off every check. Stop planning on double-dipping some big deal in the spring to take care of your taxes that happens to coincide with when everything's due. That is called dreaming, not goal-setting. So pay your taxes on time. Similar experience is what we just talked about. You write a check into a separate account. Now, the next thing that typically happens, Tim, is that most clients will get these two points, but they'll kind of mix them together. So some of the coaches hear, well, I mean, I do that, but my savings and my taxes, really, they're the same thing, and whenever I have taxes due, I just dip into my savings. Well, that's a problem, too, because by calling it savings, you're thinking that's your money. It's a mindset thing. That 20% well, isn't your but, money. Go ahead. That, but again, Julie, this is, again, a subtle point, but it's critical. The 10%, guys, that you're saving for yourself, it, that comes first. That 10%, you yes. know, that, become, that comes before, I'm going to say it, you pay your taxes. That becomes before you, you pay your mortgage, before you pay your tithes. You have That's to basically the, put take the oxygen mask on yourself first money. Right, so you're sitting, right? You're sitting in a plane, and what does the stewardess always say? In the event that there's depressurization, make sure you put your own mask on before you put the mask on the person sitting next to you. That is what we're talking about. So take care of your family, and your and your family is your priority. Do that first, okay? So the 10% comes off the top before you pay everything else. The way Julie's touched on it, we talk about this all the time. If you think you're going to save money with what's left over, you'll never, ever save money. Ever, 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 ever. You have to take it off the top. You have to do it that way. And it, We're going to touch about some other things. I don't want to jump on any of Julie's points, so Julie gets, gets the next one before yes, I Yes, you get, got it. So point walking. number seven. Yeah. Yes, no worries. So point number seven, don't be addicted to a single spoke of business. Well, how is this related to why you're not rich? 
Well, this might be the very issue, the number one issue. Don't be addicted to one spoke of business. What's a spoke? It's an avenue of business. For most agents, their strongest spoke is their referrals, past clients, what have you. But a lot of you guys have experienced this both going into the recession and coming out of it with different flavors. So always, always, always have multiple spokes to ensure the long-term viability of your lead generation. So the most obvious uh, entry into this conversation, right, with the single spoke, we call them one-spoke wonders, you know, during the boom, everybody was qualified for everything all the time, even if they weren't, right? So everything you did, people were approved. If you want to do three deals this month, you only had to have three leads. Well, so you had lots of past clients, centers of influence, friend deals, the market was hot in, you know, because of or not because of you. It didn't matter what you did. So most agents had a strong spoke of just doing tons of deals with people they knew. All right, so it hits the fan, and now we're in short sale and REO land. So the smart agents converted and became either a short seller or REO agent or both. Then coming out of the recession, those one-spoke wonders, I mean, I remember I had so many, I called them panic attack calls, Tim, with what we call recovering REO agents, where they did a great job during the recession. They built up, they understood how that worked. They built up their pipeline of REO properties. And then the market heated up again and all that went away. So there one spoke was REO and or short sale deals. So the panic attack call was always an REO agent that had a big listing, a traditional listing appointment coming up. And they hadn't gone on one in like five years. Oh my God, I don't even know what I'm supposed to bring anymore. It's a new market. So to avoid that, which causes you to not build wealth because you're scrambling and the market kicks your butt when you're a one-spoke wonder and things change, don't be addicted to a single spoke. We always recommend that you have between five and eight strong, reliable, developed, systematized spokes of business so that it doesn't really matter what the, the uh, market is doing right now. Maybe you're not full of past client center of influence referrals because that's just not the kind of market it is, but you're okay because you know how to go after expireds. Maybe your market's hot and there aren't any expireds, but you've done a great job with your past client database and communication, so you're always going to be okay. And that's this something be, that, I mean, that's a call in itself, right? Well, well, so, Julie, let's make sure, like, be really clear about this. We always talk about the REOs and BPOs because that makes it really easy for people to understand. But the reality of it is is people can get stuck in the one-spoke wonder wheel, you know, easily. They'll get stuck in a neighborhood. They'll get stuck in a community. They'll get st stuck in a city. They'll get stuck, stuck basically thinking the centers of influence and past clients are going to get them into the end zone. You know, forever they'll get stuck, maybe in some cases prospecting. There's all kinds of different, you know, ways that one can get stuck. The key is to have multiple spokes. And, guys, remember, we are not and never will be advocates of buying business. A referral from another agent or from a referral source, provided the referral fee isn't ridiculous, that's not what we're talking about. But you guys who buy leads from the, the portals, oh, you've got to stop that insanity. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, that's addiction you know, right there. That's one spoke addiction. Gary, Gary Keller did a great job at the recent Big Keller Williams event, really breaking down to the fact how inefficient it is to buy leads, how expensive it is, and how the quality of the leads has just absolutely gone to nothing. So, you know, you guys can research that yourself. Inman did. Brad himself actually did a great, great article on um, talking about uh, Gary's speech. But, but I'm going I'm to share with you guys a true story. This happened probably seven, eight years ago. I get a call, uh, an email starts, always starts an email. 
Yeah, and very, very nice lady. I'd heard of this lady. She wasn't a coaching client, but I knew who she was. She was one of the nation's top agents, still is, by the way. And she wanted to talk, with, and she basically built her business around FISBOs, expired, you know, calling centers of influence, those types of things. So she was very disciplined, fantastic at lead conversion over the phone, just an absolute Navy SEAL as far as, you know, just wonderful. So here was the call. She basically told me, that she she'd heard us talk about the one, the spokes thing before she understood conceptually what we were talking about, but she realized that she was indeed a one spoke wonder with only knowing how to pick up the phone, and she went on to tell us how she basically had gotten laryngitis, and you know the doctor told her not to talk, and because she only had that one source of business picking up the phone and talking, she had to keep doing it, so she kept doing it. Then what happened is her laryngitis got worse. And she lost her voice. Now, here's the irony of it. I had that exact same thing happen to me a long time ago. So trust me when I tell you it could happen to the best of us. So I'm talking with her, and she's saying, well, Tim, the realization I came to was I am totally dependent on basically me picking up the phone and, and, uh, and you know, prospecting, be able to talk, and I lost my voice, and I was out of business. I can't believe that I hadn't really come to the realization um, that I needed more than one spoke. So... Um, that's when we trained her to build other spokes. We trained her to uh, do create some spokes that create leads for her more passively. And now she has a very balanced business. She's still prospects. She's still absolutely brilliant at converting expired FISBO, centers of influence, and all the rest of it. She uses our scripts. Um, but now she has other things coming in, too. So if she wants to take a vacation, leads are still coming in. If she wants to, you know, if she does get laryngitis again, well, guess what? Leads are still coming in. That's what you guys have to get uh, to create first. Don't especially newish agents, don't make the mistake of basically going from one spoke to another until your first spoke is mastered. And by mastered, you don't have to be like, it doesn't have to be 100%, it should at least be 85% done. Remember, guys, uh, perfect is the enemy of done, and you want to pursue done. Don't try to make something perfect, because really nothing ever is perfect. It's always changing and evolving. So don't you know get overly uh, analytical about this particular point. Get really good at prospecting, get really effective at you know, some of the other things we, we teach you guys, we teach you over 100 lead generation ideas, and then move on from there. Julie, uh, are you back? Yes, I am. Okay. Okay, good. Excellent. So, yeah, and so your point is it, it doesn't really matter which spoke you are a one-spoke wonder with. It can be anything that you're overly dependent on. And I love that you said don't move on to the next one until you really know what you're doing on the original one. And that's a major reason that people sign up for coaching is to speed up that process. So, okay, now we've got – Point number eight, spend more time with people making more than you and less time with people making less than you. If you are the number one agent in your office and you did a deal last month, you have a problem, okay? It's great to get the recognition, but surround yourself with people who support your goals, your ambition, and your dreams. Immerse yourself amongst success instead of being the best of the rest. Immerse yourself amongst success instead of being the best of the rest. And that's kind of a harsh point because, of course, we want to celebrate all of your success from the first time it happens to your multiple successes. But I'll give you an example. There's a coaching client that one of the coaches told us about, and we were talking about how to help them move forward. And the, the issue really was lack of exposure to people with ambition, goals, dreams, and success. This agent they were talking about lived in a semi-rural environment. They had a home office. Their home, uh, the, the broker's headquarters were not even in this country. So she wasn't actually around anyone as an example of success. And that's something that 
a lot of times you don't even know it if it's happening to you because for her right now, she's a newish agent, that's her normal, right? She she doesn't know that she's not being exposed. She thinks it's normal to struggle in real estate. She doesn't have that good example. So that's what point number eight is about. Spend more time with people making more than you and less time with people making less. And that's not even just in real estate, but that's also your own center of it. <clears throat> excuse me, influence. Well, let, Julie, let's let's share Sorry, a personal I story. I know you, I, <laughs> I know I just I know you just muted the story. <laughs> you muted your phone. So Julie and I started selling real estate primarily in this area called Clintonville. I was thinking about this last night, Julie. It's ironic the story mm-hmm. come to mind. But we we started out in this area called Clintonville, Ohio. Really, really fantastic area in the Columbus Central Ohio area to live and to sell real estate. Just fantastic. Some of the best realtors in the nation are are based in uh, Clintonville, Ohio. No doubt in my mind. You know. Um, so in any event. Uh, we used to we had this little dinky house that we bought when we were 22 and 23, 28 East Jeffrey 43214. I remember this day. So we bought that when we were still in college. Um, you know, basically just right out of college. In any event, so um, we focused on this this particular area, and it wasn't long before basically, you know, I told you guys we sold over 100 houses our first year. So you know, it wasn't long before we were selling a lot of houses in that area. The average sale price wasn't that great. And there was this area that was probably about a half hour, 45 minutes away that was this newly developed ultra-luxury. Julie, I think you told me yesterday that, or the day before mm-hmm. that it's still the number one neighborhood in the nation or number, number one country yeah. club area in the nation, something like that. Yeah. Voted number one so, this year in the whole nation. Yeah, it's an awesome neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, so our average sale price our first year in the business was probably about 160, 150, and then the average sale price in this New Albany area was like 850, 900 a million and then they're on up from there. So we were like, you know, really interested obviously in migrating that direction. So what Julie and I would do, and I don't know if you remember this Julie, I'm sure you do when I say it, but we used to go out there almost every weekend, and we'd park the car someplace. <laughs> you know, it was a gated community, but you know how that works. So we'd park the car someplace, and what Julie and I would do is we would get out, and we would walk around the golf course. We'd walk around the country club. We'd walk around the, you know, the whole community, and we just started to basically inundate ourselves with what it would be like to live here. What would it be like to actually you know, have this experience. What it would it be like to, okay, so that's how we start. And then we started getting to know the inventory. Then we started going to the open houses. We got to know the realtors. We got to know the new construction. We got to know the builders. We really started, that became where, where we wanted to be. So we started out in this modest area. And then when we finished out our real estate careers in Columbus, that's where we were primarily based. And in New Albany, Ohio, for a while, we were the number one listing agents there. Now, we moved there when we were in our late 20s. So in our late 20s, we moved to what, in Columbus, I'm still is I'm still sure is a gold neighborhood. Bought this beautiful brick Georgian mansion and the whole nine yards. You know, I remember Julie. You turned 30 in that house because I remember our title company put a Happy <laughs> Birthday Julie sign in our front yard of that yeah, property. Yeah, I do remember so, that. So I'm telling you guys this because what happened was is we realized that our thoughts and our experiences were being limited by our environment. We too were stuck in the same you know, fishbowl that a lot of you guys are stuck in. So by going to that other area that made us genuinely uncomfortable, trust me when I tell you, there's no there's no reason we should have, you know, there's no part of us that should have uh, been there. We wouldn't have any family ties. It's not a natural environment. <laughs> right. I mean, we are, we are being, we are working, competing against the realtors who are uh, the offspring of some of the wealthiest people in Columbus. That's what, who our That's primary true. competitors were, you know, and they didn't like us at all, you know, because yep. we didn't go to the private schools. We didn't, we didn't grow up with the, you know, 
we weren't born on third base like all of them were. And I'm not saying anything because some of them were nice people, some were real jerks, but that's aside the point. We went there, we got out of our environment, and the other thing we started to do is Julie and I started to travel. And what we do is we some of them were real estate events, but you know, we didn't we weren't real real estate event junkies. We would go to other places around the country that we'd always wanted to visit that again was completely and totally different. We went to uh, you know, we went to Southern California. We went to, uh, you know, different places and just everywhere, down expensive places in uh, Florida, up of the East Coast, places where true wealth resided, places where people thought big, places where people would, uh, you know, achieve things at such a higher level than what we'd ever been exposed to. Now, you can do the same thing we did. You can also read books. You can watch movies. But the thing is, is that you're only going to grow to essentially your environment that's it you're only going to get as big and have the your life is essentially going to be a version of what you're experiencing now unless you do something radical to really break that paradigm like like we did and and you know you guys know we live in austin but we we have a home in southern california we have a home in uh you know las vegas you know we're looking at other places so we because we are willing to break out of and, and I make it sound like it's a bad thing, but Central Ohio is a wonderful place to live. But because we were willing to take that risk and because we realized that there was a limiting, there was a lot of limiting things that were keeping us from really fulfilling all the things in our life that we wanted to accomplish, we were willing to take the risk and make ourselves uncomfortable. And I hope you guys are at least willing to dip your toes into that because you're going well, to find... Some, let, let me jump in and make when we've got to wrap soon, but to make it really yep. practical for them... How many yeah. of our listeners right now, this very second, have a stated goal of raising their average sale price? How many of you guys? Mm. I'm pretty sure none of you have a goal of lowering it, probably. Okay, <laughs> so what are you doing about it? And I'll tell you something very interesting that we've discovered from years of coaching. Most people are only comfortable going on listing presentations up to the price range in which they personally live or have lived yep. in the past. Okay, so in order to raise your average sale price, you probably need to take a very practical step and do exactly what Tim was describing when we went to New Albany before we even lived there. Park the car, go on a walk, get to know what's going on, go to the open houses, preview a ton of property. When I have this on a coaching call, Tim, I make it their homework to identify one of those neighborhoods that makes them want to pee their pants when they get a listing lead, or maybe they're not even getting listing leads because it freaks them out and go preview everything that's available. Preview the new construction. Preview the current active listings. Preview what's pending. Get to know the product because probably you have fear of the unknown, which ties right into why you might not be wealthy, fear of that unknown, right? So what's the practical application next step? Actually do something about it. And that's an easy thing. Every single listener can do that this weekend is to go preview. Even if you just do the open houses consistently every weekend, at least you'll know more about it. And I've got to run to a coach's call, so I'll let you wrap it up. Yes, I know I'm late as well. So listen, guys, I always like to give a great shout-out to our title sponsor, MojoSells.com. If you guys aren't using Mojo, um, you're really missing a huge opportunity. You, We have, very, we have tons of people – they want us to uh, do live reads or do, you know, basically commercials for them on our radio show. And we occasionally will, you know, we did VTech. I like those guys. Obviously, we're huge supporters of the Inman. Um, but Mojo is one of the very core products you should always have in your real estate practice. Uh, it is a – really, it's a business in a box. And, and once you apply um, – 
it, it's a, it's a dialer. It's an auto dialer. It helps you uh, pick up the phone. It keeps track of your contacts. It tracks your ratios. Um, it's just it's brilliant. And if they will go and find the expireds and the for sale by owners for you. They'll find the phone numbers. They'll find cell phone numbers. They'll find to see if the people have been relisted. Um, you know, it's the very basic elements of a successful business. So you've got to be at least seriously considering MojoSales.com. I believe coaching clients, you get MojoSales uh, for free for the first 30 days. I'm pretty sure you do. I'd have to check to be sure. And also, guys, remember, definitely go to AgentMillions.com and get registered for the event. Um, that Actually, the first one happens today at 2 p.m., uh, Central Time, and then tomorrow I think it's at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. But in any event, go to that um, webinar, register for the event, find out about the new Real Estate Coaching Essentials program. It is what a lot of you have been searching for. It It is what a lot of you guys have been looking for in terms of answering the questions and how you're going to go from where you are to where you want to be. And remember, you, just from registering for that event, again, it's agentmillions.com. We give you two free books, Real Estate, or, let's see, uh, Real Estate Treasure Map, and the other one is Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. In the meantime, we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. Have a fantastic day. If you guys ever need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Thanks. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.